Hello. Hi. <laughs> Let's have some fun today. Let's talk about some PG horror or some movies that, you know, if you're not exactly into horror and being terrified and like, well, you might be into getting spooky and scary, but you're not into the gore part of it or the part where there's like 45 people dying and it's really psychologically torturous. PG-13 is the answer. You have to have a story. Mm-hmm. A really good story. Yes. And I think what PG-13 does really well that rated R films can get away without mm-hmm. is the power of suggestion. Mm-hmm. PG-13 stimulates our imagination. It's different. You, It leaves a lot of room for imagining what might be happening around the corner or what, you know, versus like rated R just serves it on a plate. Yeah. And I like both for different reasons. I do too. I do too. And in the six years we've been doing this, we've actually never tackled. Let's talk about specifically PG 13, even though I know for me, it's actually one of my favorite categories. Well, when you look at the list, you realize there, when I, when we were researching for this episode, it's like, wow, I didn't even realize that half of these were PG-13, and these are some of my favorite horror films. Mm-hmm. So Kathy and I both chose three different PG-13 movies to start all this off with, and I believe that all of these movies we would recommend to you if you, you know, maybe you're not, maybe you're really into horror and you just didn't know these were PG-13, or maybe you're not actually really into horror movies and you're here for other reasons listening to the show. Uh, but these would be ones that we would might recommend that you start with. Like if you wanted to start to build your either tolerance for horror or you wanted to sort of start to work on some of the psychological things that horror can bring to you without having to suffer trauma. <laughs> by watching y- yes them. you know don't go straight to the torture porn you know no, do not you don't <laughs> we've trained for that all right i will start please do i would like to throw in the ring scary stories to tell in the dark which is obviously guillermo del toro is involved in this and it's directed by andre overdahls and it's based on the children's books On Halloween 1968, Stella and her two friends meet a mysterious drifter, Ramon, and uncover a sinister notebook of stories. And then what happens in this movie in just less than two hours, it came out in 2019, is that you, through these kids' eyes, and I loved the way they did this in the movie, is that you knew a new story was coming as they'd find, you know, I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it, but a new story would unfold and you would get to go on that adventure with them. Now, you're going to see some gross stuff and you're going to see some amazing creature effects. Like the monsters in this are so cool. But what you need to know is that this is also an adventure. It's also a mystery. It does obviously have horror elements. And the creature actors are so insanely good. And I just recommend it. I think it's a fun movie. And it could easily introduce people to horror elements without completely ruining your day. That's cool. I mean, I love Senor Del Toro. He's amazing. 
He loves, I mean, his creature stuff is so much fun. Well, so. and that's one of the things, the reasons why I love it is because the yeah. creatures are so great. And it's scary because it's stuff you don't see in everyday life, but it's not insanely gory or torturous or any of that. So yeah. PG-13. Cool. That sounds like fun. I don't, I've never seen that. So. Oh, that you out. have to, Kathy. Yeah, I don't think I have. This one is one of my favorite horror movies, not just one of my favorite PG-13 movies. The movie is called The Others. It's from 2001, starring Nicole Kidman. I mean, y'all, if you've lived under a rock and you haven't seen this movie. Dude. We won't spoil it for you. <laughs> so the, the summary of movies. In 1945, immediately following the end of the Second World War, a woman who lives with her two photosensitive children on her darkened old family estate in the Channel Islands becomes convinced that the home is haunted. All I can say about this movie, and I have chills, I have chicken skin just talking about it without giving it away. It's all atmosphere. And it's all Nicole Kidman. The tension that's built is so amazing. <laughs> I have never, there are some scenes where she starts to put pieces together. And, bat, you know, it takes place in 1945. So when photos were taken, oftentimes people would take pictures of the dead. And so she starts to find like the family that lived in the house before and all of these atmospheric moments that the story tells without there even being dialogue. Mm -hmm. And you feel haunted with her the whole time. Yeah. And the, the her husband's gone off to war. So she's living at home with these two children and all this weird stuff starts to happen and she starts to feel like she's going crazy. There's noises here, there's noises there. But what develops through the story, and I can't say too much just because if you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it. Honestly, I walked out of that theater going, I don't know if I have felt this terrified in a movie theater from any rated R horror film I've ever seen, give or take something like The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. And in some ways this movie terrified me more because the story and the we're going to have an episode um, coming up about the psychology of horror and what elements are used to scare people. And this movie just had all of them as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. The creep in that. And I just remember that her performance in that, I mean, this was really during her heyday as mm -hmm. well. Like when she was doing a lot of films and she was very famous and then to do a horror film. And I just remember, you know, I remember going into it, not, knowing it was really a horror film, you know, like not really thinking of it as a horror film and then how horrifying and scary it was at the time. Like, Oh wow. my God. Oh. And it's literally all based on creep. And it's all, it's really all and her story. I mean, she has her kids and, and her then performance. There, there's a couple of other small cameos of characters, but her, there's not a lot of dialogue. There's, no. there isn't a lot of dialogue and it's really her reactions to things and the things that she finds and stumbles upon and you're in her mind, you're, you feel like you're going crazy with her. And ooh, if you haven't seen it, cause it, it's been out, you know, yeah, for over 20 years time. now, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor this Halloween season and into this fall and winter where we like to watch these like isolation horrors. Yes. Watch this film. Yep. It's great for this time of year as the sun begins to be more elusive. Thank you for that. My next one is 1408. Oh, yes. It's from 2007. It's actually one of my very favorite 
horror movies in general. And it's definitely, for me, one of the best Stephen King story horror movies, because as we know, that can be hit or miss. And it came out in 2007, and it stars John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Mary McCormick is also in it, among others. And it's about a man who specializes in debunking paranormal occurrences. So you've got the skeptic, the skeptic trope, right? Uh, and John Cusack is the skeptic, and he... That this is his job, right? Like if it was, if podcasting was a thing in 2007, he'd probably be a podcaster, right? This guy is debunking paranormal stuff. He's going around ghost hunting and saying like, this isn't real. So he checks into this fabled room 1408 in the Dolphin Hotel. And, you know, he confronts his own genuine terror because does not appear to be fake. And he... It's really good. <laughs> I think it's really yeah. good. I really enjoy this movie. I mean, not not a five-star movie. What year did this movie. come out? 2007. Yeah, I remember when it came out. Not a five-star movie. It's like, but it's definitely a comfort watch for me because it is PG-13. So I know I'm not going to, it's it's not a traumatizing film for me. It's something that I could watch over and over again. And when when scrolling through television channels was a thing on Sunday, it's something that like if it was on on some cable channel, which of course I don't do anymore, but if it was on on some cable channel, I would always stop and watch part of whatever part of it, you know, it's a comfort. It's a comfort thing. Cause one, I love John Cusack. I do too. I love Sam Jackson. I like watching John Cusack in serious roles too. Me too. Me too. And I, and I just enjoy the fact that, you know, my origin story horror novelist Stephen King which is what I grew up on you know wrote it I don't know I just dig it and I really recommend it it's it's better than you think it's going to be and I think it's underrated most of the time like I don't a lot of these are yeah I don't know a lot of people I mean in my in my horror community obviously everyone's seen it but I don't know a lot of people outside of that and so I would recommend to anyone who's trying to get started with horror and sort of watch things that might be spooky creepy or scary but you know, don't, don't have the R effects. I think this is a really good one. That's cool. Yeah. I think you're right though. A lot of these movies, they, they end up very underrated and people go back and watch them years later. And they're like, why have I never seen this? Because they get, you know, trampled over by these really big budget or in your face horror. Yeah. In 2007, if you think about the arts and horror, it was all like teen, you know, final destination type of, you know, that's true. So it really just wasn't really the vibe, I don't think. But, you know, watch it now. It's fun. Cool. The This one that I'm about to talk about, actually, I think it did get a lot of watch. And I think a lot of people have seen it. But I think it's still important to mention uh, the movie The Skeleton Key that came out in 2005 is American Southern Gothic supernatural horror film. The narrative follows a New Orleans hospice nurse who begins a job at, I think it's called Terrebonne Parish Plantation Home and becomes entangled in a supernatural mystery involving the house, its former inhabitants, and hoodoo rituals and spells that took place there. And we, if you uh, have not listened to our episode on hoodoo, voodoo, I think we did one on black magic. I think it was last last season shannon yeah i'm not remembering yeah so there's been almost 500 episodes you guys yeah (laughs) um we did an episode on this because there are so many films out there that really are very 
racist bias towards voodoo. This one talks about hoodoo, which there's a distinction. And if you're curious what the distinction is, go back and listen to that episode. This one is intentionally offensive. It's not trying to pretend like it doesn't have racist elements in it. But more importantly, it there's a creep factor about this film. And any anything, you know, anytime they take black magic or hoodoo or anything like that and use it in a film in New Orleans, the atmosphere of this film anyway is it already sets the stage for something really creepy but Jenna Rollins in her performance I think she carries this film Kate Hudson is fine she's good I think her performance is good I in think it. it's a good movie um, but I really like this movie and there's a, a lot of twists in this movie again just like we've talked about the themes of PG-13 horror what carries it is you feel like you are being gaslit Mm -hmm. through this entire movie. You don't know whether Kate Hudson is going crazy. You don't know whether you can trust Peter Skarsgård's performance. And I just thought this was a ride. I thought the end was really clever. I enjoyed the story. This is another one that if you haven't seen and you've just glossed over it, maybe you've heard of it, I would check it out. Yeah, it's a good one for this time of year as well. It's fun. I I also think PG thirteen just bodes well for all times of year. But I but I think in the fall there's something about the like creep and I think because they use a lot of atmosphere. Yes, exactly. It just gives those fall vibes for me. It, it creates a world, you know, whether it's a Halloween world or a supernatural world. And when it's fall, it kind of feels cozy watching those movies. I think. Agreed. Yeah. So my last one for today, and I just felt like I needed to mention this because it's, you know, on brand for the time of year, is that actually one of my favorite horror Christmas watches is a PG-13 movie called Krampus from 2015. I forgot that's PG-13. Yeah, and so... Because it's scary. It is. It's it's scary in the sense that it's a horror comedy, for one. (laughs) There is lightness to it, but... It's scary because they use a lot of sound. Put your headphones on or make sure you have stuff turned up. And and sound is one of those things that really helps with the atmosphere. And so it's an annual watch for me as far as Christmas horror is concerned. It's directed by Michael Doherty, Adam Scott, Tony Collette is in it for Christ's sake. Like so many great actors and actresses in this. And it's it's basically based on the ancient legend around the pagan creature Krampus who punishes children on Christmas. And there's a family in this. So it is a family movie. It's a family Christmas movie, really. With, Lots of gingerbread. With Krampus. And gingerbread killers. Killing everyone. Right. <laughs> or trying to kill Th- everyone. They're hilarious, too. Yeah. I mean, it's a horror comedy. So I did want to throw some humor in here with this, with these PG-13s, because I do think that that's one of the things that PG-13 can rely on as well, is being able to have a sense of humor and a lightness to it, while also giving you spooks and scares. Like, that's one subgenre of the PG-13 I guess is to have horror comedy that doesn't doesn't involve like gore or any of that so I don't know I really recommend this it's fun again there are some genuinely like oh shit parts but it's not you know it's, it doesn't go over the top I think it's an absolute win for anyone who wants to incorporate a horror movie that has a sense of humor into your yearly watches. You know, we all have our 
whatever, Charlie Browns and It's a Wonderful Life and things that we watch every year. But this would be a good one for most people, oh, this I is, think. This has become one of our family ones. Great. Yeah. The last one I'll mention, I love reading Roger Roger Ebert's reviews because he just, you know, he hates everything. He's been around forever and RIP. And he just hates everything. So I, I love how he's like, this starts great and blah, blah. And then it just plops absurdity. And it, it's funny because I, I didn't experience that. However, I can see where he experienced that. This is a movie from 2000 called What Lies Beneath, starring Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, so his experience of this movie. Of this movie. Yeah, sorry, not Krampus. Of What Lies Beneath. He's (laughs) like, starts out really great and and then it just plops into shit. You know, like this is, he's just funny. That's her impersonation of. Ebert's, uh, (laughs) he doesn't ever just say this was really good all the way through. No, he never did. He never did. Yeah. So RIP. Mr. Ebert. So what is this movie? Uh, The wife of a university research scientist believes that her lakeside Vermont home is haunted by a ghost or that she is losing her mind. It has a similar feel of the others where you're watching it. Michelle Pfeiffer is fantastic and just uh, like ridiculously gorgeous in this movie. I think this is, she is just stunning always, but it's like just to watch her for that. Harrison Ford is great in this. He doesn't usually play characters where you question whether he's good or bad. He's always kind of the hero in most movies. Yeah. So in this movie, you're kind of wondering, like, is he a good dude? Is he not? Is she going crazy? Let's find out. So her performance is great, and she's starting to decompensate. Uh, There's stuff going on in this house where she doesn't know whether he is actually gaslighting her or she's starting to lose her mind. And it's just a, a really good horror thriller that you're and directed by Robert Zemeckis who's fucking legend in my book I mean come on back to the future yeah Yeah. he's done a lot of really good stuff so I highly recommend this if you like a good thriller it definitely is much more of a thriller than it is a horror movie but uh, the performances are great and you're you kind of feel like you're going crazy with which her. might appeal to a lot of people that would tune in for this episode because that's the whole idea is right is to get some horror elements without going too far to really scare people type of thing. Yeah. Although yeah. I would say, let's see, of all the movies we've mentioned I would say that scary stories to tell in the dark has the most horror elements so if you don't exactly like like that might be the most extreme of the six that we've talked about today even though like I said I don't find it that extreme because I can sort of see those creatures and the things that are happening and there's a little bit of gross but that would probably be the most the most horror that we're talk we've talked about today, and then maybe the least horror might be what you're talking about. What lies? The what beneath. lies beneath? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely so, a thriller. And then they're on a continuum. And look at you with your three female protagonists. I know movies. I'm like, oh, that's so on brand, Kathy. Well, I think it's because in those films, you know, the theme really around it is, the, are they hysterical? Yeah, right. Or or is something really happening that they're not being believed like Elizabeth Moss and invisible man is a great, you know, example of that as well. So those movies are really good because our bias is either lying, lying one way or the other. Well, it works 
against us or for us that's when right. we're, as an observer. And so it sounds to me like that's a fun thing for you personally too yeah. to look at in movies. And that's awesome. Thanks so much, you guys. We hope you enjoy this. We are planning actually on doing more PG-13 centered discussions just because we kind of just realized recently that we both really like that. And so, you know what? It never ends. The realizations. We could go on forever. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so but much. But don't. But but no, let's not. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. <laughs>